Once we embrace all of these parts, that's where we are not only free as humans, I believe we're also better humans to each other. Welcome to Deep Within. On this show, we dive deep into the nervous system, emotional healing, and transformation from within the body. When I started my personal development journey, it was all in the mind, doing affirmations, visualizations, listening to endless motivational videos. And I found that this approach without actually getting my body on board only left me in deeper shame and distress. So this is actually how I discovered somatic body-based healing. My name is Marina Yanai Triner, and I am the Compassionate Somatic Coach. I am gentle, sensitive, and I love deep conversations. I am so, so, so excited and so glad you're here so we can feel like we're together in our own little bubble of deep talks. Triggers are no doubt super difficult to deal with. It feels like your whole body is just going into some sort of craziness, right? Like shut down or overwhelm or whatever it may be. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk about triggers and how you can deal with them and actually view them in a whole new way. I have centered so much of my career, my work, and my daily life on this because I used to get triggered really, really badly by my work. Actually, this is how this whole curiosity started. I was really triggered by my work and I would go into the shutdown and I would literally not function for three days. Now, you know that I started my journey learning about a lot of mindset stuff. And so like I would try all this like mindset stuff that was really, really not helpful at all and would just make me feel even more ashamed because I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I get out of this trigger? Why am I getting into bed for like three days when I'm triggered? Like what's going on? And I've been on this quest because I know that challenges in our lives are really the most beautiful opportunities to grow and to expand. That's what everybody says, right? But I thought, okay, how do I do this? Like, how do I actually do this? How do I not get completely shut down by a challenge and I actually open up to it and I allow it to grow me? So first of all, just real quick, how do you know that you're triggered? This is like the first step because we want to get into the body and we want to actually notice like what is happening in our body? How are we reacting to the environment and what's happening deep within us as a result of, okay, I'm so funny, um, <laughs> as a result of something, right, that is triggering. So basically how we describe it is this experience of contraction, of feeling really, really charged in our body. And there are resulting behaviors and thoughts. But for me, the most interesting and important indicator is what is happening in my body. Do I feel present? Do I feel like, okay, something difficult is happening, but I know what to do? Or do I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so charged. Like I want to punch this person or I want to go to sleep right now for three days because I don't know what to do. And those kind of more extreme situations are triggers. So if you feel like 
you know, you're present in your body and you can handle it. Yes, that's a challenging situation, but I wouldn't call it a trigger. So what we're talking about specifically in this episode are those kinds of challenges where you feel like, I don't, I cannot handle this. Like I want to punch this person or, and I hope you don't do that, but you know, you know what I mean? It's the feeling in the body or I just, I just feel completely shut down and I don't know what to do. So I've discovered some really cool stuff about triggers that I want to share with you. And triggers go all the way back to your childhood like most things. So when we're born, we always want to be attuned to, but we always experience less than perfect attunement. And attunement basically means that when you're a baby or when you're a child, you are completely dependent on your caregivers, right? You cannot fend for yourself, you cannot feed yourself, especially when you're a baby, you're the most vulnerable. And one of the roles of your caregivers is to attune to you. So that means, oh, I can see that you're sad and I can see that you're happy and I can see that you're angry and their whole facial expression and body language and tone will match yours. And this is how you know I am sad and this is how you learn that you're sad and then you learn to regulate your emotion. Or of course, this also involves like physical needs, like you're hungry and then they feed you. That's attunement. Now, our caregivers are not perfect. Like there is no such thing as a perfect parent, right? And so a lot of the times something happens called misattunement and this creates a little trauma. What is commonly called uh, little t trauma, which I don't really like that name um, because it usually can affect us really, really deeply, like not in a little way. And This results from our parents, maybe they are stressed out in this moment, maybe they are really, really tired, maybe they have a lot of trauma that they are literally carrying into their parenting of us. And so in that moment, they might ignore us, they might get super freaked out that we are going through something like kind of overreact maybe they see us crying they're like oh my god this is the worst thing in the entire world and they have this look of fear and obviously from that we learn that being sad is the end of the world and that's how we are as adults we don't know how to be sad just speaking for myself here um and you know maybe they don't know how to soothe themselves. So when they see us in an emotion and they don't know what how emotions work, they will actually use us to soothe them. And that creates parentification, which means that you kind of become your parent's parent. So all of these ways can be consistent or they can be you know several traumatic instances where maybe you really really needed your caregivers and they did not show up for you maybe you went through some kind of trauma and you really needed their support and they did not show up or maybe they generally were emotionally neglectful and that is a brilliant term emotional neglect and i highly recommend you check out dr lindsay gibson on on that And so maybe they were generally emotionally neglectful and they just never dealt with your emotions in a way that felt soothing. So you never actually experienced 
true soothing as a baby and as a child. So maybe they really overreacted to your emotions or they just completely ignored you. They were like, go to your room and deal with this. I have worked with all kinds of clients that have experienced this. So in those moments, which are traumatic for a child, because when you're a child or a baby and you experience an emotion and there's no one there to soothe you and you don't know how to soothe yourself because you don't have those tools yet, it can feel like the end of the world, right? It's super vulnerable. So in that moment, a child will make this unconscious decision that there's something wrong with them. They will not believe that there's something wrong with their caregivers because those are the only humans that can actually help them in life. Like it is a really big deal to lose a parent, right? Like your parents are your everything when you're, especially when you're a baby. So there is this unconscious decision that there's something wrong with me. I am the problem and I have to find a way to keep myself safe. So I'm not going to blame my parents and I'm not going to ask them for help because clearly they are not helpful. And so I will develop a way to cope or a coping mechanism, which is brilliant, very helpful. We need that. And so we will develop a coping tool like maybe shutting down our anger or maybe making our parents laugh or kind of soothing them so that they're not so distressed when we have an emotion. These are just examples, but there are so many. And so basically what we're doing in these moments is we are creating a part of us. We are, well, maybe not creating, but we are strengthening a part of us because it is my belief that all humans have all parts. Like it's not that, you know, one person only has the part of being selfish and you don't. We all have all parts, but there are certain life circumstances and situations that kind of push us to strengthen one part of us. And so when we develop this coping mechanism to deal with our imperfect caregivers, again, this is literally every single human this happens to, what happens is that we strengthen a part of us and we weaken or reject the opposite part. So the opposite part is possibly like what our caregivers are doing in that moment, but not necessarily. And the coping mechanism is the opposite of that. So for example, if I am angry and I cry instead of showing my anger, and I did that as a child because I wanted to not scare my parents because when I would feel angry and express it, they would freak out. So I learned that crying is better. When I do that as an adult, I am highlighting my sad parts and I am neglecting my angry parts. And maybe my parents are actually doing the same thing. Like maybe they are neglecting their anger and highlighting their sad parts. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe my parents are really comfortable with their own anger, but well, to express it, they're not comfortable, but it's their default, right? They're very angry. But once they see me expressing that anger, that triggers them because I'm showing them something about themselves that they don't like. So they prefer for me to cry. Another example, when I feel unloved, I highlight my people pleaser part. 
And that develops when I'm little and I notice that my parents are not loving me in the way that I want to be loved. Then I know, oh, okay, or maybe you know they're angry at me or they're critical. Then I know, oh, I need to please them so that they love me again. So that strengthens my fawn nervous system response, which we'll talk about in many other podcasts, I am sure. And that people-pleasing or being super, super, super nice, that part of me is highlighted and I'm neglecting my powerful, my wild, my untamed self. Third example, I'm working and I get really, really stressed out. So as a response, I'm working more and more and more and more instead of going and calming down my urgency and working through this stress. So what am I doing here? I am highlighting my over-responsible part because maybe when I was little, I developed this coping mechanism of being really, really, really responsible when there's a lot of stress around me and I am shutting down my free spirit part. So the really important thing that I want you to be noticing as we talk about this, which I find so freaking fascinating, is that what is happening here is that These two parts of me, there's the part and the opposite part, they are not bad or good. Like, neither of them is bad or good. They are both good things. They can both serve me, right? My anger is important. My sadness is important. Being selfish, you know, being wild, untamed, and powerful is important. Being nice and kind, well, I wouldn't say being nice is important. I like kindness more than being nice because nice has this connotation of neglecting my needs. But maybe when I have a baby, I'm going to really lean on being nice to my baby, right? I'm going to actually, at many points, neglect my own needs for this child. Not all the time, but sometimes. And then being a doer, like doing stuff is really important, but being a free spirit is also important. So what I'm trying to say is there is no bad part. And there's literally a book called No Bad Parts, which I really like, by Dick Schwartz, which is all about parts work. And so when we create this like little dichotomy when we're little and and we lean on a coping mechanism that helps us so much in our lives and then becomes the core of our being and kind of the go-to behavior, we are neglecting so many other things, so many other parts of ourselves, right? And so what is actually happening here is I am shutting out the part of me that my parents triggered me into, right? So I am shutting down this part of my parents that I don't like, that is kind of triggering me into my own response. And I'm shutting out, in many cases, the same part in myself, right? So if they are really, really angry, I'm shutting out my own anger to show sadness. So I'm either shutting out the same part as them or an opposing part to them. And, you know, I know that this gets tricky because a lot of people talk about how they want to exclude their parents from their lives because of childhood trauma that they have caused. And I don't think that there is a right or wrong way. And I'm not here to tell you like what to do with your parents. I want to more talk about the things that your parents represented because this is what you can grow from. Like if your parent was a really like free spirit and wild and 
connected to their sexuality and all these things. And that is literally the part of you that you're shutting out because you're angry with your parent, right? This can be subconscious and can be also very conscious. Then you're losing out. You know, you're losing out on this part of yourself that can be really beautiful. So I'm not saying to condone like certain actions that our parents do, but rather I'm saying to start to notice what parts of your parents, even as grown-ups, really, really trigger you right now. And how can you find those parts in yourself? How can you actually find out that these parts in you have been shut down, you know, but they still exist. So this can be through your parents, but this can also be through other people and situations. So let's say there is a person that is like your nemesis and they trigger you so much. Like every time you see them, they trigger you. Every time you talk to them, every time you even think of them, you're like, oh, I hate this person or I feel so triggered by them. In this case, This is like your way in to transformation because whatever they are triggering in you is most likely a part of yourself that you have shut down, that you have labeled as bad or wrong. And again, there are no bad or wrong parts. And I'm a little bit extreme about this. Maybe you disagree and that's okay. But I am extreme about this where I think about you know, our violent parts, like they're not bad or wrong because we all have them. Yes, listening to the impulse that this part evokes within us and actually like going for that action, that can be labeled as bad or wrong, but not the part itself within you. So if a person has a violent impulse and they actually listen to it, I would argue that this is happening because that person is actually ignoring that part of themselves. They are, you know, it's it's kind of like when I think of Hitler, right? As a Jewish person, I think of Hitler a lot. And I think about the way he speaks, the way he shows up. It is like this person that bottled up every ounce of his anger, every ounce of his violence. And I mean, for me, it's very palpable, like that he is not in touch with those parts of him And then they come out, obviously, in terrible, terrible ways because he is uh, following that impulse and he's allowing that impulse to play out. So in my opinion, it's, it's kind of like really contradictory to your intuition where you would think if this person has a violent part and they're shutting down this violent part, that they're, they're not going to be violent. But what I am arguing here is if you are shutting down your own violent part, you are more likely to behave violently, which is really, really interesting. So again, there's no, there are no bad parts of us. And this is where, you know, my compassion work comes in that I love so much is that there are literally no bad parts of us. It's just how they're expressed and in what context, you know, like sometimes we want to express this little bit of violence or agitation or anger in certain ways. And sometimes we don't want to lean on that part. We want to lean on our gentleness. So once we embrace all of these parts, that's where we are not only free as humans, 
I believe we're also better humans to each other. And I feel like in the personal development community, we talk so much about get free and get free and blah, blah, blah. And I want to talk about both. I want to talk about community because I live in Costa Rica now. And that's been one of my favorite things to see is all this beautiful community that in my experience in the U.S., of course, it was just in one place in the U.S., but it was severely missing. So I believe that when we embrace all parts, we become free and we also become kinder humans to each other. We become more compassionate because we can see, we can actually, and you know, I'm not saying that tomorrow you're going to embrace all your parts. That's not going to happen. (laughs) Just FYI, this is like a lifelong process and you're going to meet people that trigger the crap out of you. I still do. And then maybe you will remember this episode and you will kind of sit down with yourself and say, I'm really curious about why, you know, what is this triggering in me that I have exiled and shut down in myself? For example, for me, it's, it's really interesting. I know within the last few years, I have seen a lot of female coaches on Instagram and online that were super in touch with their sexuality and I could feel like how triggered I was just looking at them and observing them and when I started the journey of actually like embracing my own sexuality expressing it affirming it and like owning it not just saying like oh I wish that I was in touch with this part of myself but actually owning it within my body I look at these women and I think they're awesome so they don't trigger me anymore and that just is a sign for you when when someone or something used to trigger you and it doesn't anymore it means that you have now embraced this part in yourself so i've taken you to your baby years <laughs> this is what i do because this is called deep within right like we are going deep this is the whole point um i have taken you very far into your life to kind of make this connection that you know, one of your parents became a little bit of the villain. Like one of your parents did this one thing that you just can't stand and you will never be like them because you are better than them, right? And so then you just exile this part of you, which serves no one. So the healing is in meeting this part of yourself and becoming friends with it and getting to know it and seeing when it's actually going to serve you. So I want to highlight a few steps that I teach that actually allow you to move through this process because I know that this work can be like really, really amorphous and confusing, but I like to do things step by step in a way that also allows flexibility. So maybe one step is, you know, really great for you, but you like to do it in your own way. Okay, so the first step is regulating your nervous system. So when you're triggered, when you're witnessing this kind of triggering person or situation, the first thing is regulating your nervous system. And there are many ways to do this that I teach within my programs and that I will also definitely teach on this podcast. But just keep in mind, this is the first step. And so we drop the mind and we go into the body. That's our priority. Second is allowing the emotions to arise. So most likely when you reach a regulated state, you'll be able to get in touch with emotions. And 
a lot of the time, these are the emotions that actually you wanted to express in your childhood towards your parents in response to their imperfections, right? And you, you didn't. Instead, you developed the coping mechanism or the part. So in this stage, you observe and then you express those emotions that are arising. And I will say, I know that this is like really hard work. It is no joke. I get it because I really didn't know how to feel for a very long time. So I had to learn from scratch. And all of these steps that I'm sharing are processed. It's not like you learn it within a day. Number three is practicing mindful self-compassion, which is a set of tools that I just absolutely adore from Dr. Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. I highly recommend you check them out. So practicing that self-compassion, both towards your own coping, like maybe you were really an asshole right now to the person that you were speaking with, and maybe you just said the worst thing, like you behaved in the worst way, or maybe you are just really triggered by that other person and their parts. And so doing a little bit of this mindful self-compassion practice, both towards your own parts and theirs. And the last one is playing with parts work. And it is so much fun. It is so much fun. I learned many different ways to do parts work, some of it from IFS and Dick Schwartz, and some of it from Natalie Kennedy, my coach, who learned it from Steffi Price, her spiritual teacher. So it is getting passed down in all these cool ways. And it is just absolutely beautiful. It's a way for your parts to talk to each other and for you to actually like embody all of your parts so that they can come into harmony, so that they're not fighting each other, but they're actually befriending each other, that they're supporting each other and they each have their rightful place. Like they know when to show up, right? They they have discernment. They know when you need the one or the other. And two really cool opportunities where I'm going to go really in depth into all this stuff are coming up. One is my virtual group coaching program called Heal Flow, which is starting February 2023. And I'm going to have all the links for you in the show notes. Um, and Heal Flow is a five-month group program, so it's super deep. You go through it with the same humans, so you really get to build the most beautiful community. You learn together, you cry together, you laugh together. It's so incredible, and it's live and virtual, so anyone can participate. I've had people literally from all over the world, so it's a really unique experience. And then in March 2023, I am co-leading the most incredible healing retreat in Costa Rica. I'm so excited for that in person with my dear friend and uh, coach for me. I have worked with her myself, Nikita. So all of those will be linked in the show notes. Ah, Thank you for being here and thank you for this deep conversation that I had with myself but I pretended to have with you. I love you so much and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. If you liked it, please make sure to leave me a review so that more beautiful humans can get to this podcast and subscribe to the show. And please do share it with a friend who would benefit. 
And I always love to hear from all of you on Instagram. So visit me there at marina.y.t. I share really awesome content and would love to hear your comments about the episodes. Until next time, I love you so much and I appreciate you. Have the most beautiful day.